0: Welcome to Ten Thousand Roads to Financial Independence, the podcast where we interview real people with real stories of taking charge of their time and reaching financial independence faster. And now, your host, Elisa Zen.
1: Me and Kyle's personality are completely opposite. So I'm like, kind of like go as it goes. So, um, you know, just personally speaking, there are moments where you realize you absolutely need to scale up other than just being a, a one-person show, getting this, everything get done. And that's been a very big struggle. So when I met you, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so then what advice would you have for someone who is super busy, like their must-do things is like longer than a day's hour, um, and knowing that systemizing is going to be a solution for that? Like, what would you have a advice for someone like that, like me?
0: <laughs> I, would have, I would have two pieces of advice. Number one would be less extreme and I'll start with that. That would be, go over your must do list and see what's actually a must do, like really ask yourself the question. But that can be hard to do because you're so involved that it's almost impossible for you to realize what's important and what's not. So my extreme advice would be don't do anything for a couple of days and see what falls apart first. <laughs> And then maybe systemize everything other than those things that absolutely got, went destroyed. So if yeah. you have the discipline to maybe put your phone in a drawer for two days and just see what happens to your business, um, <laughs> the things that get destroyed the most, maybe, okay, okay, I better keep doing those things. The things that don't really go anywhere, well, maybe either I stop doing them or I get someone else to do them for me. And I think that would be probably the step one.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good to know. That gave me a lot to think about. Yes. And then, so, so then, you know, is there a discipline? Cause I'm imagine when you first start your business, like a lot of small business folks or some folks who is try to turn into a site gig or into a full time job, essentially doing that transition half off transition. Um, what would you say like a kind of realistically, you know, like your approach to it? Like, let's say you were in the middle of uh, your business, right? Like think back a little bit when you were doing that, um, you're a little bit special because you always think about the systems but as you kind of systemizing is there like a good amount of hour that you're spending on or a discipline that you created for yourself or a system that you created for yourself to build the systems Yeah.
0: yeah so i'd say the morning and night routine for me are absolutely huge because if i win those then my day is pretty solid so Mm -hmm. my whole thing is if i wake up and i have a good journaling activity and some serious silent time and i'm able to you know number one humble myself in the beginning of the day um with some spiritual practices because you know i believe in i'm a christian right so i'm reading Mm -hmm. the bible in the morning that kind of stuff and that humbles me and makes me realize like i'm not as cool as i think i am i'm not as special as i think i am and it's all been given to me and and i'll get cool and that's that's good square one right get the foundation solid Mm -hmm. and then i'll start to journal and ask questions about my day and start to, you know, as, as you posit questions to yourself, you get some crazy answers. So I, I've really started to, you know, question everything and just start asking questions that I'm not even sure I can get an answer to, but I'll just ask them anyways and see what happens. And Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, as I go through the day, those will get answered or I'll go on a run and that'll get answered my run really weirdly. It'll just hit me like a thunderbolt, which is cool. So I'll, I'll try to do those things. And that Mm -hmm. really helps me start to think about systems. What do I hate doing? What do I not want to ever do again? What could I get someone else Mm -hmm. to do? Is it really important that I do this? Um, you know, those kinds of things. What's actually getting me results in my business and what's just like busy work? What yeah. can I completely drop and wouldn't change? Like just questions like that all day long. And then yeah. at night, I'll go through and review my day and I'll ask, what did I do today that literally didn't need to be done and I just did so that I would feel like I was busy? You know, because that's mm-hmm. something I do all the time is like, hey, I want to feel like I'm grinding and I want to feel like I'm productive. I'm going to put stupid stuff on my schedule all day so that I feel like I had a good day, which is mm-hmm. often you know, what actually moves the needle in your business is a great question to ask yourself, because I've realized that only a few things move the needle at all and everything else is noise. And I can really not, I don't even really need to be doing it. And, uh, and those are just questions And you got to be okay with not doing something during the day. And
1: then, so can you give us some concrete example or things that you realize were not moving the needle and then what are some things that did move your needles? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think things that don't move my needle would be like some of the blogs I was writing. I was writing some blogs that were taking me hours to write, mm-hmm. um, you know, hours to write, a lot of time, yada, yada. And it just didn't seem like no one was really, really, really reading them. People would tell me that, oh, you need this because it makes you a, a, you know, a thought leader. And I'm like, well, not really. People, not if no one's reading it, right? <laughs> You're not what? a thought leader if no one's reading a right. blog. And like no one was. So that was yeah. another thing. And then another thing that was not, you know, moving the needle was a lot of just the the coffee meetings that I'd have with uh, like, you know, brokers or stuff like that. Like having a way to vet people more before I go and have a meeting with them because I was wasting Mm -hmm. so much time driving all the way over there before, you know, COVID and we could do that kind of stuff. Drive to a coffee meeting 45 minutes away and meet with a guy who who actually, you know, he doesn't want to meet with me and I don't want to meet with him. And, right. and it's one of those things where I, I know that it happens to a lot of people in business, you right. get there and you're like, Oh, we can't help each other in any way, shape or form. I'm glad I just uh, wasted two hours doing this. So that's a, right. uh, you know, a thing like having a vetting process, asking certain question lists so that I make sure that number one, it's valuable for me, but also number, number two, it's valuable for these people as well. And they're not getting someone they don't expect either. So that's kind of a, right. a huge time waster.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So like maybe just do a phone call and just ha- have, for example, when you're looking for a deal, uh, Hey, here's our criteria. Right and like, do you have anything for me? And then maybe just focus on more on the follow up, consistent follow up to maybe call this guy like a once a week or something until we have something. Versus try mm-hmm. to drive to the coffee place as you said, uh, a meeting with him like because uh, that's what they teach you, right? In some of the real estate schools, like oh go build relationships with uh, the broker, get to see them face to face, like do something extra, etc. But you know, I found that it's not uh, extremely uh, productive. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think that's the theme here too. Is like this whole this whole control thing of like people say I gotta go meet the guy in person. I got it's different face to face. All this stuff. Um, m- number one, is I've found that it isn't I, as much as it's like a co- a kind of a cognitive error. You think that it is. But it's really not um, mm-hmm. at all. It doesn't really move the needle. And then, number two, I have to invest near me so I can touch, feel, and see my building. That's mm-hmm. another cognitive error that I've found. It's like, you know, you're almost a bottleneck in your business when you're there all the time. It's almost better for you to not be there and to oh, systemize yeah. your property management. So, that kind of is a theme throughout business and also hiring people. Oh, I got to be the one posting on social media. They can't represent me well, they're going to say something stupid in the comments. Yeah. Uh, they're not. And even if they do, it's not going to be the end of the world and it's better than you spending three hours a day on social media. So, uh, mm-hmm. there's a whole thing that there, you gotta, that's almost like an internal psychology thing. you got to let go of that and just surrender. Yeah. Cause you know, you're not, it's not going to, yeah, you just can't do everything.
1: <laughs> yes. I think you're speaking all that is like me. So we're definitely, uh, <laughs> getting, uh, together and, uh, figure out like how, um, how you can kind of help me and uh, get out the working in the business. Right. And that's very important is to kind of not work in the business because in the beginning, I think it is, would you suggest to someone do work in the business in the beginning, at least to kind of figure out what the steps are all needed and then kind of step it up? Because if you don't know how to do something, would you trust someone who is more seasoned to, to do the things that you don't really know?
0: Yeah. I'd say try to do everything yourself at first. And and honestly, it'll probably happen for budget reasons first. And mm-hmm. that'll probably be honestly a blessing because if you don't know what a good social media post is, then how can you tell someone to do a good one? And if you don't know what a good podcast edit looks like, how can you tell them to do a good one? Like maybe not the editing. Cause I mean, that, that can be kind of a niche thing, but like, especially for like LinkedIn posts, for example, I have a VA who does those for me. There's a very specific format for a LinkedIn post that gets it to spread. And if you don't post it in the right format or you try to post it like a Facebook post or something, it's absolutely going to do nothing. It's going to die and but- it's not going to, no one's going to see it. So you have to kind of know what you're doing and also go through the steps and feel the pain and then remove the pain. And that's the system, right? So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to feel the pain first and then remove it. And that's how you make a system. Mm
1: -hmm. And now coming back to kind of education, it sounds like you already allude to, like it sounds like you read a lot of books. I think successful people, they said the average, they read one book a week. Um, How many books do you read like, you know, in in, in a week?
0: Yeah. So when I first started, like the first year, um, I was reading almost three books a week, counting audio books um and that was honestly because i didn't really get good at reading until later because i was dyslexic so when i figured out how to read mm-hmm. in a specific way i was obsessed with it yeah i still kind of am so I, I read at least a book a week um and again i'm in the word, i'm in like the bible every morning so uh, i get a lot of reading in that situation but for me it, it became a weird thing where I, i'm teaching myself to read and i can't read word to word really which is an interesting thing so i have to read like in segments so that kind of helps me read faster because it's yeah. just the only way that I can read. So I end up reading very fast um, in an interesting way because I can only read in these segments. I have to break the lines into, into groups, into like, yeah. So it's an interesting way of reading and it kind of was hard to learn, but now that I've learned mm-hmm. it, it's awesome. So that's uh, that's been kind of a, a secret kind of trick in some sense.
1: That's nice. That's nice. That's awesome. So I, I feel really amazed because you literally like turn something that was your disability or people label it disability into kind of your superpower. Right. And, and that's, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh, kind of how everything is. The whole <laughs> world is kind of shrouded in that I've noticed every time that I think something sucks, it t- typically turns out to be my, my, a strength in some way.
1: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Cause that remind me another Tony Robbins uh, saying that's it's um, I can't, you know, uh, repeat the exact words. That's something I'm not good at, but it was kind of, he was talking about um, the struggles that you've done in the past is actually a blessing because it helped you like all these things you did to kind of compensate or overcome it has become a blessing for you because you can actually now you're being stretched so much that you are actually above, you know, your ability in that particular area is actually above everybody else's. Um, so it's also turning into a strength essentially. Um, yeah. Cause I think the example, like, you know, I'm thinking about my partners, they like, they had a super busy schedule. They were living in properties before. So they were working like, you know, 20 hours a day, some some like that. So now they, if you really not need to kind of stretch it, they could kind of do that. Like being working so long, they're like, it's nothing compared to what I used to do before, um, as an example. Um, that's awesome. So um, I got a couple other questions. Um, what are some of the, I guess you kind of touched on that, but tell us what your night routine look like. You know, like to get prepared for the day or get conclusion for the day. Um, You know, the question I was supposed to ask your whole day routine, but you obviously already shared with us how the day kind of started, but how did it actually end for you?
0: Yeah. So it's a lot of reflection. Um, and again, I'm, I'm reading the Bible again before I go to bed and it's just a little bit weird, but yeah, I, I know it's kind of like almost unpopular to say that, but like, I got to say it cause it's the truth. Right. So that's, yeah. that's what I do every day. I'm trying to do that at night. And, and again, cause it's, it's humility, right? Like for me, and this is just like a, you know, being completely transparent with everybody uh, you know, it's hard to be humble. Like, I think that's a, a huge thing that's difficult for everyone. And, and I totally am I'm aware of the fact that like, yeah, you want to tell yourself these stories about how awesome you are every day. Right. Like, Oh, look at me. I'll do this all the that. It's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta like crush that before it like you know, starts to really you know grow into a weed in your mind so i try to do that twice a day because that's you know been you know as a division one athlete and as an athlete and i was like that whole persona that you develop to become an athlete because you're competing with people every day and you want to be better mm-hmm. than them right because you're mm-hmm. you're an athlete so that is kind of like a almost like a bug and a feature that i have where it's like i can compete really hard and yada yada but i can also get carried away and start telling myself i'm super awesome which is mm-hmm. something that's really dangerous because when you think you're awesome at something you don't improve and yeah. when you don't improve, you get caught and then you're not awesome anymore. So it's like, yeah. you, have to, you have to kind of always come back to an objective reality that is everyone's the same. I'm no better than anyone else. I have to keep working hard. I can't start to think I'm some special you know, gift to some people. So I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's a huge part of my routines is to continue to bring myself back to center. And then I'll do a lot of reflection on how the day went because honestly, if you can improve your day just like the day before and then the next day slightly better and then the next day slightly better, you're going to be in a crazy different position in about a year. So yeah. that's that's really all the night routine is, is like, how can I make sure that I don't get in these like, like little ruts where I just do the same thing every day? I like start yeah. to think about like how I can keep in improving every day.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a very inspiring. Um, and so kind of going back to... Um, your system again. You allude to VA, which, by the way, for our view, a viewer, this is virtual system, and these are folks that we hire cross to see potentially. Maybe some are local; it can be, and then for a much lower cost. Um, so, virtual system is what that is. Um, as you alluded before, uh, they're usually really good following instructions, but they're not very good with creative thinking. Also, there's a language variant, etc. So, how did you go about hiring your first VA? Um, I think that itself is also a lot of challenge for people currently. So, like, what is a vetting good vetting process for you for a VA?
0: Yeah, so I think the great interview question would be to try to get them to do something related to the job in a in a sample way. Yeah. not using it in order to get free work done, but maybe giving like, if you're hiring them to do exp- Excel spreadsheet stuff, maybe sending them a sample Excel, Excel document to use like and a small thing that would take them like 30 minutes, but they got to sit yeah. down and they have to have the skill that you're trying to hire them for. That's a huge thing. And also to weed out the people who are not that dedicated because they won't even just do the fast. You want to make sure that the hurdle is high enough to where this person's got to have to sit down and they're going to have to think about it and do it, but it's yeah. not going to be so hard that it's going to take hours and it's not going to be so easy that they can just buzz it out in 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's something there in that task to get them to do it in the interview. And then also taking having them do some sort of a free personality test, like maybe the disk assessment on Tony Robbins' website. So mm-hmm. that you can see that you know if I'm hiring an Excel guy, I want him to be an analytical individual who wants to sit down and be introverted and be on spreadsheets. Not mm-hmm. someone who wants to go out and socialize and be like hanging out with the, with the crew, right? They, that's not really what I'm hiring you for. So that's another right. thing. Um, and then lastly, you wanna look at their success rate or job success reviews, and you wanna kinda be above 96%. And you wanna have them having made at least $10,000 on Upwork Mm -hmm. And then you also want to look for the reviews and you want to find at least one to two reviews that are like glowing. Like if you don't find a glowing review from someone, then don't hire them because people, if you find a good VA and I know this I'll write the review, I'll write a very long, amazing review for a guy if they're good. Like the guy I have on PowerPoints right now, I'm not gonna tell the name because I don't want anyone to steal him. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, he, he's amazing, and I would I've written him a review that's like, you know, if anyone saw that, they'd be like, "This is the man that we need." And right. I think that everyone who finds a good VA says that. So, if you want to look for a review that's like, "This is the guy. He's amazing. His work was outstanding. He changed my business." Like that's the kind of review right. you want to hear. And if you don't see that, then don't hire the guy. And it, you have to be selective and and be patient because a bad hire will cost you way more time and money than just being patient and waiting for right. that good hire.
1: Yeah and so do you have i guess this is kind of wearing a different hat do you have any advice for people who are not like you they're not system oriented because we all built differently right and there's a weakness of strengths that we all elude um so do you have a guy or girl um do you have any advice for people who are not thinking systematically all the time um what is kind of your best advice to these folks because we don't right so the question is yeah no
0: i i don't think you are at all i think that the systems thinking comes from reflecting on how your day went and potentially you're not as uh, you're not able to visualize it as well because my brain's set up a little bit differently. But maybe you can tell yourself a story, or you can write the day down. Like depends on how your brain works. I don't think the systems is the f- feature for me. I think that it's the byproduct of the way that I'm thinking about my day mm-hmm. and the way that I'm thinking in general. I'm visualizing the whole day. But if that doesn't work for you, I know a lot of people are very much better at writing than I am, and they're very much better at maybe like speaking. So uh, hopefully they, maybe you, maybe you talk through the whole day. Oh, 8 a.m. I woke up and then I went to the store. And then I did this. Oh, that was horrible. Maybe I don't do that next time. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Instead of me closing my eyes and visualizing it, maybe that's a different thing. But the process of looking back at the activities that you did prior to the moment you're in now and evaluating them, that's kind of how you create systems. So I think anyone can do that. You may just have to go about the review process differently with a different mechanism.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, everything over here is gold. Like literally, Kyle, like I'm so glad to have you come over here uh, and share with our viewers on on this. Um, So I have a couple other questions that will wrap up our interview. Um, what are, um, some books that you're reading right now?
0: Uh, I think the E myth is, is a great book and it relates a lot to what we're talking about. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing about not working in your business, but on your business. And it's the reason why almost every small business fails. And I, you know, I think that it's super true and it talks all about the hurdles when hiring and all the systems involved with that. So mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. gotcha. Gotcha. over. Awesome. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about your kind of business, like um, your, your school that you're starting uh, or you have uh, being doing uh, private coaching for folks kind of your age. Um, and I'm just going to share over here, the website that we have queued up. Um, so this is where you can kind of find Kyle's website uh, and he's been kind of doing coaching uh, for folks over here. And, uh, by the way, Kyle doesn't have a W two or anything like he's at 21 year old. He's just kind of like killing it. Um, (laughs) and basically having this business and the apartment syndication, right? Yep. That's awesome. And, um, have you ever had a W two?
0: No, I have not. Uh, I guess I kind of had like, you know, like little kid, like as a high schooler and stuff like summer jobs and stuff, but yeah, never really like a legitimate W two.
1: Yeah, that's nice. And and so from these summer jobs, you kind of decided, uh, so it must be really scary then when you first started this journey, like how do you actually find yourself? And, and how long did it took for you from like a zero to having customers?
0: So it took me six months. And in those six months, I was, you know, I, I had saved up some money, but not nearly enough, right? So actually, funny story is a couple of weeks before we closed on the first deal I did, which was a 107 unit deal in Louisville. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm really cool. And this is kind of where the humility thing started from. Uh, you know, I think I'm really cool. I'm closing a four and a half million dollar deal. I'm 20 years old. I just dropped out of college. I still live with my roommates, yada, yada. And we're going to the, the store, the grocery store to buy food. And I don't have enough money on my card to buy groceries. And, you know, I think I'm super cool. I think I'm great. And I'm broke, super broke, uh, you know, not only like, like nothing in the bank and nothing, in, you know, owing debt to the college, obviously. So like, I, I have a week, I'm a week away from closing this deal. And obviously like, you know, making the asset management fee and the acquisition fee that will, you know, help towards financial freedom, etc, um, but at the current moment you know super broke, super stressed uh, and a little bit scared so that was a situation where my roommate then had to spot me on the groceries pay for my groceries, which was a humbling experience and kind of a moment where I was like yeah, dude, see what happens when you think you're great. You get blindsided and you think you're awesome and then, you know, slap. So uh, I have a definite respect for the universe in that sense. And I try to, you know, come back to those moments and and remember what it's like when you Mm -hmm. let yourself get off the center. Um, And yeah, I, I, as as far as like learning that I couldn't do W2, I think playing soccer is a W2. I think that (laughs) playing, having a coach is the worst boss you could ever have, especially some of the coaches. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially some of the coaches I had as a kid, um, I, I got really unlucky with coaches or actually that's a horrible statement. It's probably me. Right. So, yeah. okay. It's like, <laughs> is, if every the common denominator in the situation is me, so I'm actually going to re- remove the blame from the coaches. And I actually apologize for saying that. Cause it's definitely me. Like if I'm the one who's there in every situation and it seems to always be the coach's fault. Right. So I'm not a very good teammate, like in some sense. And I had, I hadn't been as a kid. I had to learn that as I got older. And, mm-hmm. um, And yeah, I used to be the guy who was like, give me the ball, get out of my way. Like, this is my, that was my time. You know, as you can tell, I used to have kind of a big issue with that. So I have it Mm -hmm. built into my day. The scaffolding is around me to not be an Mm -hmm. egomaniac because I don't want to be one again. So that's kind of the... uh, the whole process there. But yeah, I learned that as a as a young kid that my coaches would always be like, dude, you're really good. I love having you on the team. You're really talented, but you can't, you know, you don't follow the system. You don't, you don't, you don't, you're not where you're supposed to be on defense. You only play offense, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, but I'm the best. Give me the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, so I, you know, I, 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 I kind of started the whole business in a rebellious sense, but now I've realized like, humble yourself, dude, because you can't be successful in a business if you're thinking you're the best all the time, so.
1: that That's amazing that, you know, be able to kind of look, reflect on your day, look, reflect back into your life and be humble and honest to yourself and realize what you, what is being kind of hindrance potentially in the past and listening to people's criticism, which is kind of hard from time to time, like for people, right? Like in general, oh, yeah. people don't like to be told well, we don't like you doing this, right? And, and, and be able to kind of really uh, distill down like this is what's blocking me and actively like doing something about it. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for our interview today. I really enjoy having you over here. Um, and again, once again, how does people get to uh, reach out to you?
0: Yeah. So if you go to my website, kylemarco.com, you can find a bunch of cool resources on there. Um, And I think that, you know, number one resource would be just the resource guide that has all the books and podcasts I've pretty much ever read in multifamily and real estate. Mm -hmm. And then some study questions to help you through the process. So I think that's probably the best place um, to reach out. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to 10,000 Roads to Financial Independence. This can be you. What if today was the day you started the countdown clock to your financial independence? Join many others like you at www.easyfiuniversity.com to get started.